Welcome back to episode 115 of Talking Lead. I'm your host, Zeke Stout. No, wait, I'm left hand. I forget who I am sometimes. I forget who I am at least once a day. (laughs) And as you guys can hear, I've got my guest ready to go. We're going to have a good show. I've got Chad Enos from Caltech. I always can't remember if you want me to say your name or not. Everybody knows you now, so. Chad from Caltech works. Chad Enos from Caltech. God, God forbid I ever get another job. I'm still going to be Chad from Caltech. <laughs> You're like typecast now, dude. Yeah, I sound like I'm from another planet. Like Caltech is a planet they just found recently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Caltech's ever going to let you go. I think you found a home for life there, brother. I think so, too. I hope not. I love it here. Shoot, you'll, you'll be owning that company here in the next couple of years, I'm sure. Yeah. Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> this is George's baby, and I don't want that headache. I see what he has to go through all the time. So, I think he's grooming you for it. <laughs> no. <laughs> you are no. a busy man. I mean, you are constantly on the go. It's hard to track you down and, and get you cornered to even you know get a phone conversation going sometimes. I apologize, but I spend a lot of my time in the middle of the desert where I have no cell service. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or in the brush. <laughs> yes, yeah. But uh speaking of the brush, you've got a uh, a cool little uh, trip coming up. Getting getting ready for your first hunt, right? Well, this might be a, like a bit of a scouting run cuz I'm not actually going out there to hunt, but I'm going out there to do a law enforcement class for a week with uh, my friends over at Hiviz. Um they're putting on a Hiviz site, they're putting on a so he just held up a, a high-vis um, site package that nobody's yeah. going to be able to see because this is a radio show. Right. <laughs> but well, you're, showing, showing, you're showing I'm me, showing right? You. Okay, okay. Because I can see you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, high-vis shooting systems, they're putting putting on a, uh, a law enforcement uh, class. Um, they partnered with the state of Wyoming. So they're bringing in, uh, I think it's – up to about eight or nine different agencies are going to be coming in to do training. And uh, so I'm just going to go out there to represent Caltech because we're partnered with Hiviz. They build the sites for the PMR thirties now. Oh, cool. I didn't so, know that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they're all, they're amazing sites. So they, anyway, they, they invited me to come out. I'm going to, I'm going to go out, bring all the toys um, like you've seen in all the videos and uh, just let the guys, you know, shoot our products. Um, get some feedback from them and maybe how we can help them out on the law enforcement side of things. Very cool. Yeah. Just have a good time with those guys. It'll be real fun for me. I always get a kick out of, you know, training with, you know, guys like that with pros like that. So, yeah. So are they, are they going to be running any Celtic product? Yeah, we're, well, there's going to be a pistol and carbine classes. That's the whole course. It's a week long. And in the middle of it, we have uh, like a media day. So there's a bunch of sponsors involved in this. Vortex is involved in Warren Scope Mounts and just a whole bunch of other people will be you. out there representing. And so they'll get to shoot, you know, the Caltech firearms. Um, and we'll also let them, you know, bring them into the training. So if they're running an AR, or if they're issued like a standard M4 type rifle, then, uh, you know, we'll let them shoot the RDB, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see if maybe that's something you know in the future that these guys would prefer in their cruisers, since it's you know it's more compact, it's it's easier for law enforcement uh, in tight scenarios and stuff like that. But yet you still got a full length barrel in it, so 
you know, they've got their carbine barrel in there, so they're not losing any accuracy long, you know, or, or any distance um, or velocity or anything like that. So, yeah, I tell you, you need, you need to get uh senior team leader Garcia to go down there with you. He can sell anybody on those things, man. <laughs> yeah. He, um, he was initially supposed to come out for this thing, but his schedule got uh, a little screwed up. He's not able to make it, but he is sending um, two super awesome guys uh, for one of, one of his units to come out and sort of um, train in lieu, you know, of him being there. Um, but we'll, we will do that eventually. We'll, we'll do a big training class where we bring in all of the U.S. Seesaw assets, the truck, the dogs, and, yeah. and we'll have, yeah, we'll do the whole dog and pony show and make it really awesome for the guys. That's the invite I want to get right there. Absolutely. Well, you're right down the street from us, so. Yeah, yeah, you know. Anytime <laughs> just, we do something like that, I'll try to keep you posted. Okay, that'd be sweet. Yeah, just down the road. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? That's a hour and a half. Oh, flight, yeah. I was going to say it's like nine-hour drive. Uh, it's not that bad. Not, well, it's pro- actually, no, it's further than that. You're probably a 12- to 14-hour no, drive. Not even close. You don't think so? Nope. I'm going to Google it right now. Do it. <laughs> you're in You're in Cocoa, right? Mm-hmm. Cocoa Beach. Yes, sir. I feel like I drove up there in a lot less time than that. Yeah, that's because you're all jacked up on Mountain Dew. You might be right. <laughs> <laughs> 10 hours and 45 minutes. And uh-huh. actually, it'd be a little less than that because I just did Nashville to Cocoa Beach. I'm in Murfreesboro, so. Right. So about well, 10 hours. Not to mention, I'd be doing some of that pre-workout probably now that you told me about it. And <laughs> that might shave off an hour or two. <laughs> You might want to take some of that uh, pre-workout before one of your next three-gun matches. Yeah, there you're talking. Well, yeah, I don't know. If it, does it help you focus? It does, actually. It, no, is that cheating? <laughs> um, is it is that banned in the world of three-gun? No. <laughs> not, um, uh, what's the word? What's the word? What do you mean? Can't dope. That's it. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> no, dope. no doping allowed in three-gun. Negative. Uh, I, I don't think that's uh, – they don't consider that a narcotic, so it should be okay. It's not an illegal substance. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now, steroids are. They don't allow steroids in three gun, do they? I don't think there's a, an actual rule against it, but have you seen three-gun shooters? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't see Jerry, you know, <laughs> shoot steroids before he goes to a match. I don't know. I mean, or he's Aaron in- Butler or – yeah. Jerry's in great shape for a dude his age. Oh, he sure is. He absolutely is. No Got doubt. eyes of an eagle, too. So what I was alluding to is your trip to Wyoming. You've actually got a hunt coming yes. up this year, and this will be the first your first hunting endeavor or trip ever, right? Ever. Ever. The last, the last thing I killed was probably a pigeon when I was 10, and that was with the BB gun. <laughs> and you cried. And I'll probably cry. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got a good friend out in Wyoming. And uh, he said, you know, he last time I was out there, he said, come on out anytime and I'll take, I'll put you on a, you know, um, a big game hunt. And uh, I was like, all right. And he, he said he'd get me on an elk. So uh, that yeah, would that's... be my, that would be my first kill. And I know there's probably a lot of hunters out there that are listening that would be pretty jealous. 
you yeah. know, there's one right here. <laughs> I mean, for your fir- first hunt ever, you're going out elk hunting. I mean, that's, that's a hell of a game for your first, you know, your first yeah. hunt. Yeah, that's a lot to take on. I mean, especially hunting with these guys who, you know, they do this, you know, they hunt year round and, and they, uh, they elk hunt every season and, and they just, I mean, these guys are masters of this stuff, you know, so I'll be learning from the best, but at the same time, there's gonna be a lot of pressure. It's like, you know, if you, if you, uh, go back to the three gun thing, it's, it's like, if you're, you know, you're going out shooting with Jerry, you want to bring your A game because you already know that he's just going to dominate you. So that's kind of how I feel about the hunt. I don't want him to do something stupid, you know, step on a freaking twig or something right when the guy's got him, you know, <laughs> got him, uh, sided in and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. And then his head drops. He's like, why did we bring this guy? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Dude, did you just fart in my blind? <laughs> do I'm you sorry. not know? Dude, he's not allowed to do that. <laughs> is that Dracar Noir you're wearing? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. But when I'm out there uh next week, um, we're gonna actually go up to the area that he goes to to hunt the elk and and so I get to kind of see firsthand what I'm getting myself into. Well, that's cool. So you get to scope the lay of the land a little bit beforehand. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and we're going to do some uh, salmon fishing and all kinds of cool stuff. Oh, hell yeah, man. That's going to yeah. be a fun trip. Now, yeah, I've, never d- I've never done anything like that, so this is all brand new to me. Um, no, you may start a new uh, new passion, man. I'm sure I will, I and mean, I know it's not <laughs> it's not cheap. I think that elk tag is probably about 1100 bucks or something. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it tastes, it tastes good. Yeah, that's yeah. It is good. He he actually last time I was out there, he gave me some uh, backstrap out of his freezer. Man, mm-hmm. some of the some of the best meat I've had. Yeah, you know? grilled grilled elk is just phenomenal. Yeah, and these these people that are you know anti hunting and stuff like that, you know, they don't know what they're missing. You know, they go to the grocery <laughs> store and they buy what they think is good meat, and man, they just have no idea what they're missing. They don't know what's good, do they? No. That whatever the grocery store gives them is what they eat. Crazy people living these sheltered lives, you know, going to the grocery store, relying on Kroger to feed them. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, that's that's all good and everything. But you know, don't be an anti-hunter just because people shoot and kill animals to eat them. You know what I mean? Just because it's not your bag, baby, don't hate. That's right. <laughs> you don't want to hunt. You don't have to. Leave it to us. Yeah, <laughs> we we share. Yeah. Just ask. You know? Yeah, and they think they say it's inhumane, but they have no idea how these animals get slaughtered that they, they end up on their tables. <laughs> oh my god, until until HBO puts out a documentary about it. And they, exactly. And then right. they find out. <laughs> exactly. But uh, so do you know you know what gun you're gonna use? Yeah, I'm I'm probably most definitely gonna use the RFB twenty four. Hills, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to hit it with anything less than 308. And I'm pretty sure those guys out there wouldn't recommend anything else anyway. Yeah. Um, they'll probably be running bolt guns, but I'm not going to be taking a shot out past 100 yards. I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that, especially my first time. Yeah. So uh, that RFB 24 is 308. You know, 308 ammo these days is just unbelievable. And uh, Well, they've got 308 hunting rounds, too, that they make. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And with that 24-inch barrel, I, I should have plenty of knockdown power even on a big. Oh, know. good Lord. Yeah, you're going to have plenty of knockdown power. Yeah. 
So they're going to be jelly, jelly, <laughs> jelly of the Kelly. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I just I want to I want a good clean shot. I don't want you know I don't want to miss and have the thing suffer and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, you you might take one of those uh, redesigned Gen Two Keltec Sub Two Thousands that we're going to talk about here in a little bit out there. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely would knock them down. <laughs> yeah, there wouldn't be much meat left, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, patience, leadheads, patience. We'll get to that. Yeah. It's going to be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Let's get to our jack wagon train. Gunny, start that engine up, buddy. Hey, Ralph, Simplified, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week, so brace yourself, baby. All right, so I'm going to let our guests go first this week on who our jack wagon is. All right, Chad, so who's your jack wagon this week? My jack wagon of the week is Regal Theaters, and I'll tell you why. They are wanting now to, you know, it, you know, because they charge $9 for a small (laughs) bar. Yeah. $20 for a bag of popcorn that alone qualifies them for the jack wagon train. Yeah. That's already pretty inconvenient. Correct. Yeah. So what do a lot of people do is, is they go across the street to the dollar store and they, and they put, you know, a bag of candy in there, in their purse. or their backpack or whatever. And apparently I've looked into that and there's nothing illegal about that. It may be against policy, but there's nothing illegal about it. So, um, That's correct. there's no reason for them to even, you know, search you for something like that. But now in light of the, you know, violence of a, you know, a select few complete psychopaths that have yeah. in recent years gone into theaters and, and shot the place up, they want to now check, any and all bags for firearms, specifically firearms, um, uh, and or other weapons, uh, which is completely unconstitutional in my opinion. And they may, you know, come up with their own policy on that. But again, um, it's not illegal to go into a mall with a concealed firearm on you. That's just mall policy. You know, you'd have to check with your local, law enforcement and in your county and state and all that stuff where you are. But I know that down here, it's not illegal to have a concealed firearm in a movie theater. Right. Um, so why in the world do they want to go after law abiding citizens that have concealed weapon? Because I, I guarantee you bad guys aren't just going to pay for a ticket and walk into a movie theater with a gun in their backpack or, you know, in their purse or whatever is the fanny pack or whatever it may be. And every case that this has happened, the guy has gone in through the back exit door and, you know, walked in from the screen side and started shooting people up. Yeah. So it's just, it's just, again, it's another um, way for people to uh, be anti-gun to express their, their anti-gun policies. This is a way for the movie theaters to try to appease what they feel, what they feel is the majority of the people's wishes out there, which is totally not representative of the majority of the Americans. That's right. And, and, you know, I've heard the argument already that, you know, well, it works for the airlines, you know, we have TSA and this, that, and the other. Well, I tell you what, when movie theaters, (laughs) when movie, it's already bad enough with movie theaters because nobody goes to movies anymore. Um, unless you want that movie experience, because you can get the same movies at home these days. In fact, you can probably watch them on YouTube before they even come out in a lot of cases, but 
I do love the movie experience and I'll go and I'll, you know, not necessarily to show my support for one theater over another. I just go because I like the experience. Um, but when they start running like a TSA operation for me to go see the, the latest movie, I'm not going to go. I promise you that. And the TSA yeah. checking you onto a, um, an aircraft is completely different than going into a movie theater by them looking through people's bags is nothing more than being helping anybody. And it's not keeping anybody safe. So all this, all this is, is an excuse for them to keep the, uh, snack burglars, <laughs> right? The snack, uh, smugglers, not the smugglers. <laughs> uh, so they have to pay their highway robbery prices at, at their concession stands. Yeah, that's part of it. And like you said, it's a PR move, um, you know, to make people think that they're safe when they're not this protectionist mentality drives me yeah. crazy. Now I will say this, uh, and I'm not defending them one way or the other, but if somebody looks suspicious, I think they have every right to check that person. If somebody's got two backpacks like this, like this guy recently here in the Nashville thing, uh, you know, the guy had like two backpacks and, uh, I don't know what else he just, he just looked suspicious. You know, his, his actions made him uh, a suspicious character, obviously. Yeah. Uh, You know, I think, I think at that point they have every right to question that person or, you know, find out what's going on. You know, why do why are you bringing, back one why you bring backpacks into the theater you know you don't really need to bring a backpack into the theater yeah well that's see that's they're 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 smuggling snacks in or they're up to something you know sure and that's that's understandable and there's discretion to be used yes but when you but when you give a a blanket rule you know that that covers everybody that just that doesn't work for me because First of all, I don't carry a firearm in a backpack ever. If I'm carrying a firearm, it's on my person. Right. And if I have to be frisked before I go into a movie, then it's just not worth it to me. Yeah. Yeah. And if, I, I don't care for that. If you're afraid to go to the movies, you're probably going to the movies in the wrong neighborhood. You know? That's true. That's true. But, at you know, at the same time, like you say, it it is our innate right you know, to be able to defend ourselves. And if we want to carry firearms, we carry firearms. Sure. Now, again, there are, there are local state laws, federal laws that you must abide by. Um, so check, we're not attorneys. So check with your local. (laughs) That is, that is our disclaimer. (laughs) There's Um, my disclaimer. (laughs) Yeah. So, but, but the thing is, if you know that a, a mall or a movie theater does, you know, by policy does not allow firearms, just don't go there. Don't, don't give up. Your don't right support them. Yeah, I mean, don't don't give up your right to protect yourself, you know, just to go see a movie or, or buy a new pair of flip-flops or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, or go eat a, a nice, big, juicy, thick steak. You know, that restaurant doesn't allow carry there, you know? Yeah, don't, go to another one. Don't patronize them by giving them your business, by giving your money, you, you know, your money. The only way they're going to, <laughs> we're going to get rules changed or these people to change their minds or opinion is, Hit them where it counts, which is where the pocketbook. Yeah, that's, you know, that's true. And again, like you said, these businesses have, it's their own private business. They have every right, you know, to refuse service to whomever they feel. And I am all about that right. I think that is part of um, American freedom. And I think that. Absolutely. um, And I think that it's, 
that it's great that people will have that freedom. What bothers me is the lack of common sense and the lack of education. Like if you're going to, you know, you want to ban firearms from being in your business. Well, when your business, somebody comes into your business and starts shooting up the place because it's a sitting duck zone. The first thing, have a guy with a what come out to save the day. A freaking guy with a gun, you know. The the cook in the back with his butcher knife. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're gonna you're gonna call nine one one and get a guy with a gun out there. So, you know, just you know, if you're a business owner and you're you just so happy to listen to talking lead for whatever reason today. Uh, yeah. You, you thought you were listening to We Like Shooting, but it just happened to be talking lead. <laughs> you thought you were listening to Media Matters or something like that, or NPR. NPR, uh, yeah. Just. Yeah, man, have some common sense, you know, like us concealed carry firearms people, we're not bad people. And there's a whole bunch of gun shows that happen all around the country that prove that. You know what? You know what I want to know? I want to know what this this gun show loophole is that everybody keeps saying needs to be changed and addressed. What loophole? What What are they talking well, about? I, I don't know, but I do know that what bothers them is the private sale. Like, in other words, if I had a Glock, 19 and and you and you needed a Glock 19 and I wanted to sell it because I needed to pay some bills. Uh-huh. I don't like the fact that I can just hand you a gun and you hand me cash and walk away. But so it, there doesn't have to be a gun show for that. Exactly, but they call it the gun show loop because it's again it's another blanket statement. It's another one of those liberal terms that they use, you know, to put a uh, a dark cloud over that whole over, industry over a gun show. Yeah. So That's what right. so what they're doing is they're saying there's this loophole. At gun and it's only at gun shows because that's what they're trying to elude and make people think. Okay, right. so there's my here's my jack wagon. Uh, are are these politicians and media and just ignorant people that think that there's some sort of a, of loophole associated with gun shows where illegal gun transactions are free to transpire there? Yeah, yeah. and it, and that's not where it happens. Where it happens is in government. <laughs> <laughs> Fast and right. furious, ring a bell. Right in plain sight. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Guns across the borders. Mike Betty, prime example. Yeah. You know, in That's his right. book. What a good book. And he actually rebranded it. It's now called Operation Wide Receiver. Oh, nice. So, yeah. So if you guys are, are looking for Mike Betty's book, uh, Guns Across the Border, or it, it's Operation Wide Receiver now. Yeah. Go get that book. It's a good read. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, I was going to go a different route with my jack wagon, but since we got on that topic, um, and I don't think we've thrown them on there, I'm going to go ahead. That's my jack wagon are uh, people who think that they're, well, that could be a fact, fight to myth too, couldn't it? That there's some, okay. man, I could go double, double ways with this one. So <laughs> you, got, you got a two for one today, bro. Yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> but no, I was reading an article about that the other day and I just, I keep, I'm like, what loophole? are they talking about? And they don't ever specify. They just say the loophole. I know. It's yeah. like, okay, what loophole? What are you, for? be specific, but that's all they say. Like everybody's supposed to know what they're talking about. Yeah. We'll see what happens with these politicians is maybe some of them are uneducated on the topic, but even after they become educated on the topic, they still spit out that dumb crap, Yeah, which tells me that they're probably already educated on the topic, but if this doesn't fit, their agenda. Yeah. So they're going, you know, they're going along with the whole anti-gun thing because I mean, most of these politicians have private security. The guys at the top, they've got private security. They, guys with guns protect them, you know? Yeah. 
just just feet away from them. Yeah, yeah. And 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 in a lot of cases, we find out that several of these uh, anti you know anti gun um, politicians own firearms. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, and they're the first ones out there. You know, in the front of the march, like you know, preaching the whole anti gun thing. And I, I'm not. I'm, I'll never tire of fighting the good fight but man it just gets so old after a while just trying it's to like you're going in circles it really is it really is they keep saying something super stupid we keep coming back with common sense and they can't get anywhere so they just keep plugging away because they think they're gathering people and i know in my state of florida it's selling firearms it's selling ammunition and more and more concealed carry permits are being issued each year i mean it's a huge percentage it goes up. And there's a feeling, you know, in the, in the country, I believe, I think the pendulum's swinging back the other way. And uh, people are starting to realize that these politicians, they don't know what they're talking about or they're just flat out lying. And the more right. they lie, the more they're going to expose themselves over time, especially if us talking lead, um, you know, obviously the NRA, uh, you know, they keep pushing the truth out there. It, people will pick up on it eventually. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where our, our responsibility comes in sure. is, is when you hear someone say something ignorant, yeah, it's usually just that it's, they're ignorant of the facts. So if you, if you calmly, uh, rationally present the facts to them, then a lot of times they're willing to listen. Yeah. And even if they're not willing to listen and they are, you know, rabid liberals, um, at least you're planting a seed because I've actually seen some pretty far left leaning people, uh, you know, come back to the table and be like, all right, they've dropped their ego for a second. They dropped their agenda for a second. And they're like, okay, so tell me about these guns. Will you take me to the range? And it's happened. I've taken people to the range that are very far left leaning and they get there and man, that really opens their eyes or I'll, I'll send them a video of, uh, you know, of a three gun match or something like that. And be like, look, firearms are not, you know, it's not, firearms aren't for bad guys. We don't make guns for bad guys. We make guns for law abiding American citizens to protect themselves for sport, for hunting, for all these things, yeah. you know, it, and the, and the left is just going to continue to make guns seem bad. And they're, they're not, they're make, making guns out to be something other than inanimate objects. That's right. Yeah, you know, they're making them out to be living, breathing, thinking beings. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we just got to keep fighting a good fight. I know I, it kind of grinds on me, so I'm sure it probably grinds on a lot of people. But you know, but that's why we've got so many of us. And if we all team together, then you know, you can take a break, and I can pick up, you know, where you leave off, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Like moms demand action. You know what? Take, if you know a mom's demand action supporter, take that person to the range. <laughs> or, or just smack them. <laughs> Please. Well, t- smack them and then take them to the range. And then take them to the range. <laughs> what it boils down to is is fear of the unknown for a lot of these people. I'm not going to say right. every one of them, but for a lot of them, it's fear of the unknown. And if you if you properly educate them and you do it in a non-threatening you know, way or environment, then usually those people are going to come around and they may not agree with it, but they're going to see, they're going to understand your side of it more. That's, that's exactly right. Yep. Good point. Like you said, plant seeds, one seed at a time. That's right. Yeah. And 
we don't promote violence. I mean, that's another, that's another big myth. You know, gun owners don't do not promote violence. In fact, we are anti-violence and that's the reason that we carry firearms in a lot of cases, you know, especially in the, you know, in the self-defense role to suppress or prevent other people's violence. That's exactly, that's exactly right. So good points. Anyway, it's speaking of three gun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Didn't you just, didn't you just get back from a competition? I did. Uh, myself and my teammates, um, we went out to the uh, Rocky Mountain Three Gun uh, match out in uh, New Mexico last week. Nice. Oh, man. It was amazing. Dude, you were getting to see some of the most beautiful parts of our country. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if any of you, uh, you know, are friends of mine on Facebook, uh, you'll see the, the pictures and stuff I posted up. Yeah, it's just beautiful out there. I mean, you just point your phone at something and, and take a picture, and it's a postcard. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to edit it. You don't have to frame it. You, you know, it's get a painting. The framing. Yeah. It's just, it's just so gorgeous out there. But, uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm blessed, man, to be able to, to go do this kind of stuff and the, the support of Caltech and, and George Kelgren, Derek, and then of course all of our sponsors, you know, we get to go do s- some stuff that probably makes a lot of people jealous, <laughs> but, uh, but it's, this it's, guy. yeah. Well, you get to do cool stuff. I've seen you at these events. Oh but, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm uh, not complaining. I'm not. Complaining. It's it's awesome, man. It's a blessing. That particular man been to it before, uh, and uh, two of our guys had been, and they just, I mean, they were going on and on and on about how amazing it was, and and they talked it up a lot, you know. So I had big expectations, and the match itself and all the people out there completely exceeded my expectations. Like it was even really? better than than my then my exaggerating friend could put it. If that makes any sense. So, yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was such a good time. So have you got one of those friends that always has to one up you. Well, like he you doesn't try to one up And then he's got it, you know, Oh, let me tell you this one. No, no, no. Hammer. He, he, he loves to pump you up. I mean, he's just, you'll see him here at, uh, at rock castle here this weekend. Okay. And, uh, hopefully you can get him on the, on the show and talk to him a little bit. Is that going to be Danny or hammer? Danny and Hammer, but which Hammer, which one's the uh, embellisher? I, well, let's not call him an embellisher. Okay, let's just say that he gets super excited and it, and it gets everybody else excited. Okay, what's so, the word? There's a word for that. He is a. It's not much of it. Well, I guess some. Well, he doesn't exaggerate. I exaggerate. He's an, he's an exuberator. That's a really good word. Yes, he's a there very exuberant go. person. There we go. Boom. Yeah. You, the the more that the that we get some footage of the uh, three gun team at these matches and the more interviews and stuff we do, you'll, you'll get to, to know their characters as well. And I tell you what, the four of us, you could do an entire reality show on us and you would never be bored. It is just nonstop. Well, there you go. I think you guys maybe should start that. Well, we are going to start filming the, the matches. We just got some, some nice cameras and stuff and, uh, we got a guy that can edit everything up for us. So we'll, yeah, we'll we'll start doing that now that we got nice jerseys and we're getting better at this. And, and yeah, uh, you showed me your jersey. I like that, man. I want to get one of those. I told you that I I am now, uh, you know how people collect football jerseys. I'm going to start collecting three gun jerseys. It's a good idea. I like it. Yeah. So I like uh, it my my first one being obviously the three gunner that I'm sponsoring, uh, Casey Griggs. Uh, in conjunction with some other people in Troy, Troy Industries. Nice. Uh, 
um, we'll be releasing photos of that jersey um, this week because that's where I'm going. I'm going up to the Rock Castle uh, three-gun competition. It's not Brownells anymore, is it? It's just Rock Castle, isn't it? Uh, no, I think it's Brownells. Because I went to their site, and it didn't say Brownells. It said Rock Castle three-gun. And then they've got all these sponsors, and I think Brownells is amongst them. Huh. Um, I think I went to Brownells site, too, and I didn't see anything about it on Brownells site. Let me see here. I I doubt they would pull out of that. Um, yeah. Well, maybe. I don't think they pulled out. I just don't know that they're like the – They're not the title sponsor? I think I think it's Rock Castle now. I don't know. I could be wrong. I'll find out when I get up there uh, Saturday. Well, it's always it's always been the called the Rock Castle Pro Am. Uh, okay. But no, Brownells is still in there. But uh, it looks like maybe Double Star and Adam's Arms are the title sponsors. I'm not sure. Yeah. I just talked with Cat. Do you know Cat from Adam's Arms? No, I don't. Uh, I love their stuff though, and uh, we've got. I've got friends here that are friends with some of those guys, but I, I've yet to meet anybody. Okay. Well, I'll have to introduce you. She's really cool. Awesome. Very yeah. Cool. I like that's, that's one of the things I really love about my job here is, is, uh, being able to connect with people at other companies and, and, uh, you know, the talk shop and take care of each other and stuff. Cause uh, you know, fortunately how that's like one of the best parts of my job because we don't make firearms that, um, are necessarily a direct competitor of all of your favorite AR companies and, and other manufacturers because we build such unique stuff that it's, it's just a completely different platform. And so we're able to, um, you know, we're able to support each other. Yeah. So like, I mean, I've got friends at uh, Smith and Wesson. I, I love Smith and Wesson. I love their products. Uh, got a lot of great friends there. Um, so I promote them a lot. Um, I've got friends over at Midwest Industries. Um, they're, you know, they're putting out some amazing ARs now too. So, you know, it's it's just cool to, to be able to say that kind of stuff because if you were talking right now to somebody from Smith & Wesson, they would never tell you that Midwest Industries makes awesome ARs because they can't. That's a direct <laughs> competitor. Yeah. You know? Well, Midwest and, is one of those companies, like a lot of these AR companies that, that are making ARs now. They started off as making parts and components, right? Yeah, yeah. They were they, always a full rifle uh, manufacturer. No, they just started doing that relatively. Uh, I think it's pretty recently. Uh, I got one of their ARs, and I mean, this thing is just—it's solid, man. Solid gun. And, now, do uh, you do you run solely Keltec in your three gun matches, or do you run some some other like ARs and? No, I run the. Uh, our RDB, which is uh, coming out real soon. In fact, I think we're going to start shipping those next week, uh, as early as next week. Yeah, is so, is, is my name on that list? Uh, is that gonna is that gonna follow up with my sub two thousand? <laughs> I can't believe you haven't gotten that thing yet. I, I submitted that. Let me. I'm going to re up on that tomorrow. Um, yeah. while I'm at well, the I airport. haven't. I haven't called the. Um, I don't know that it ships, so I haven't called the FFL. Oh, it may have. Okay, because you said you were gonna let me know when it shipped, and then, and then I got, and then I got stuck in the middle of the desert. Got, <laughs> yeah, then you're in New Mexico taking pictures and selfies. And, <laughs> yeah. Priorities, man. So what I was saying is, I run the RDB, which is our five five six bullpup, right? Um, a Benelli Benelli M two. That's which I got to shoot that at the um, 
the little uh what was that uh IV eight eight thing we went to. You had yeah. you had the yes. prototype out there. Yep. Man, that thing was smooth. I loved it. Man, it is such a fun gun. Um we're having a good time competing with it, which is cool because it's also a test bed. We've been running it for about a year and a half now mm-hmm. to get the gun into final production. Yeah. Uh, Have you had any major any any major problems with it? Not major problems. We've had um We've had minor problems like in the first probably three months, three or four months, you know, just trying to tweak the gun down to to its production version. And uh, since right. then, uh, I think we finalized all the parts and stuff a uh, good probably five months ago. Mm-hmm. And then since then, they've just been working on programming, uh, getting, you know, all the tooling ready, getting all the employees here in the machine shop ready to, to start doing, uh, you know, getting the parts going. Uh, so they've been building parts for probably three or four months now uh, on the final final production version. So yeah, we're we're ready to go. We, uh, on the production on that, we're uh, last week we were just waiting for manuals and boxes. So yeah, we're ready to rock and start getting these things going, shipping them out. Heck yeah, man! So you had a good. Uh, it's very the platform is is what's the main difference between the RDB and the RFB? I mean, other than the caliber, I understand that, but. What what other differences lie in those rifles? I'll tell you, the only similarities are they're bullpups, and they have an adjustable short stroke gas piston system. That's the only thing about the gun uh, that they have in common, uh, and the in the top and uh, the top rail of the gun is a standard nineteen thirteen. But that's it. Um, the barrel lengths are different, and uh, the overall length of the guns are are uh, pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. But the RDB is much uh, narrower and lighter, and uh, they're both pretty balanced. But uh, it's just a lot lighter, obviously, because it's a five five six opposed mm-hmm. to a three hundred eight barrel. Right, and you want a you want a three hundred eight to be heavier. Yeah, and that RFB that's actually what I ran in the Rocky Mountain three gun. I shot in the heavy division, mm-hmm. and uh, had a you know had some pretty good successes with that. It was a tough match. So I had nothing to do with the gun. It was everything to do with me and my stamina and all that stuff where my failures happened. <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, get you, get you some stimulate. <laughs> I know, right? I might have to look into that. I think you're onto something there. I'm not. <laughs> but, really uh, not. Yeah, and then I went to battle with a, a, a plate with my pistol. And yeah, I don't know, man. It's, you know, stuff like that happens. Yeah, so that was in your the Rocky Mountain yeah yeah so so tell us about that that match uh is it uh, you do how many matches would you say you do a year uh, and i know you're not the norm because you've you know you've got a full-time job that you do as well yeah not enough is the answer <laughs> i uh it's because it is an addiction and for anybody listening they know they know that three gun is an addiction and, and it's probably broken up a few marriages here and there, <laughs> but, uh, as most addictions usually do. <laughs> yeah. But it is, a, it is a good addiction if you keep it in check. Uh, fortunately for us, you know, we've got a, you know, a great company, Caltech backing us and, and we, um, you know, although we do have full-time jobs, they do let us shoot quite a few matches, major matches a year. So I think yeah. we probably shoot about five or six major matches a year. And then every single weekend, um, Saturday and sometimes both Saturday and Sunday, we shoot a local match somewhere or a regional match. Very cool. Yeah. So, so what, what makes the, the Rocky mountain one, what set it apart from other ones that you've shot? 
Well, you've been to the uh, the Rock Castle match, um, mm-hmm. so it's it's very similar to that, but more spread out. Uh, like the the stages, um, I want to say are a little bit longer, maybe. Um, like for instance, there was a shotgun stage. It was only shotgun, and there were forty one targets. Wow. Yeah. So that's a lot of re- that's that's almost two boxes of ammo on you. That's that's a lot of kick, isn't it? Here's a funny here's Sore a shoulder. Here's a hilarious fun fact. Okay, so at the end of the stage, you're basically working your way shooting targets both left and right. There's poppers, there's things flying, there's little square things you got to hit. There's uh you know, there was a Texas Star. I mean, they threw everything at you. And by the end of it, there's three clays that are on this clay rack and you have to activate it and when you activate it it swings left and right and i was you're probably about maybe 10 yards away from it super easy to hit these three clays right (laughs) well when they swing back and forth what's that i said so you say (laughs) yeah it's super easy as they're swinging on the left side you know if you're facing them to the left they go behind this this big drum with big garbage can, basically, you know, they go behind it. So they're hidden for a split second and you've got to pop them as they come back out. Well, <laughs> I got the first two and on the third one, <laughs> I I was holding the gun up and as it was going over, I could no longer hold the gun up because my shoulder just was it gave out. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't hold my shotgun up. So I actually shot the barrel. I mean, I, just, <laughs> I put, I put a shotgun round right into the freaking barrel that's got to be a penalty right well no but i I, yeah because i didn't hit the clay and i couldn't re-engage i had more ammo in my gun but i could not even lift the gun up to re-engage it to hit that clay so i just said forget it i'm done and i took the penalty (laughs) so so that goes back to you know other segments that we've had in the show is that your your physical fitness levels come into play a lot you know with 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 sporting um gun sporting events uh not only that but just in self-defense itself you know because you can fatigue because your adrenaline's going so much especially in these competitions i can only imagine i mean it's it's just like any other sport that you would do your your adrenaline elevations are through the roof absolutely one stage at at a major three gun match can completely zap all of your energy and you and you and fortunately at these big matches there's plenty of time in between stages so you get to recoup. Yeah. But, you know, going back to what you said about, you know, personal defense, self-defense scenarios and and you get that uh, adrenaline dump like that, you better be in decent shape, you know, because if you have to fight off an attacker for, you know, more than a minute, a minute is an eternity in a scenario like that. So make yeah. sure you've got plenty of wind to fight somebody off like that. And who's know? to say you're not going to have to fight off 2, 3, 4, 5? That's yeah. right. Yeah. You and, deal with one, then you got to deal with another one. You got to deal with another one. Yep. And I tell you what, um, your adrenaline's only going to take you so far. Yeah. And in getting it, getting in better shape, uh, for scenarios like that is also going to help you with your tunnel vision too, believe it or not. Right. I've learned that. I've learned that shooting competition because you cut, you're allowed to come up with a game plan and you can walk the stage and you get about five to seven minutes, which is, plenty of time to walk through a stage of, you know, course of fire and figure out how you're going to shoot it to shoot the most, you know, uh, the most efficient, but you can come up with a game plan all day long. But as soon as that timer goes off, that tunnel vision kicks right in. And so with competition, the more you do it, 
And it's the same thing with training. The more you do it, the more you, and you hear it all the time, you'll hear military and law enforcement guys say they just relied on their training. And that's because it's repetition. Yeah. Yeah, They're doing it over and over again. So that really pulls that tunnel vision back quite a bit and helps you out. So, you know, if you're not training a lot, get out there and do it. And uh, I highly recommend doing, you know, competitive sports and it doesn't have to be three gun, you know, it can just be a local pistol match or something like that. Get out there and practice because that, that may in fact save your life someday. Absolutely. And that'll be a good segue for our Sonoran Desert Institute fact to fight the myth this week. Zeke, introduce it for us. SDI is proud to present the talking lead fact Fact to fight the the myth. Chad, so you've got a you've got a good fact to fight the myth for us, and it's uh, obviously three gun related because that's kind of our topic today. And, yes, I do, and um, I consider you a pro. Are you pro status now with the with the three gun? That is, uh, I'm dying laughing inside. Um, <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm pro. I'd say that I'm a spoiled amateur. <laughs> a spoiled amateur. Yeah. You should be. You should be pro. You should shoot pro because you're you're good. You are and really you know, good. There's there's no. I have no excuse for the way that I shoot because it's just my fault. I, I don't get to practice a whole lot. Um, I, I do spend a lot of time at work and a lot of time traveling, but I could make time. Um, I just don't. And that's just part of my laziness. I, I should be a lot better than I am for as long as I've been doing it. But I mean, myself and my teammates, we've had some pretty good successes. I mean, we've, we've shot up against a lot of pros before and, and uh, we haven't beat a whole lot of them yet. But, yeah. you know, we're we're getting there with more experience. That's a question I want to ask you after you do the fact to fight the myth. I'll ask you sure. this question. All right. So my fact to fight the myth is uh, professional shooters, we see them shooting these three-gun matches and on YouTube and stuff. And occasionally you'll see them put up a video where they've completely fallen flat on their face. The That's myth rare. Is, it is rare. And the myth is that these pros never lose to amateurs. And that's just simply not true. Here's a quick story going back to the Rocky Mountain three gun. Um, <laughs> there was a stage where they had a Texas star and this, it was six boxes. You had to leave two targets, at least two targets for each gun. And it was a shotgun pistol stage. So I ran all my shotgun first, worked my way from one into the other, um, grabbed my pistol and started working my way back and got to that Texas star. Well, I left two plates on that star. They're about 10 inches round, and the, and the plates were maybe 15 yards in front of me, maybe maybe even 12 yards, not that far at all. Super yeah. easy shot, right? So I cleaned off one plate with one round, no problem. I went to battle on a 10-inch plate that was 12 yards away from me for 40 seconds. I had to do a mag change. <laughs> with your shotgun? No, with my pistol. With your pistol, okay. Yeah. And, and before that, I was shooting clays. I had to leave some clays out there that were at 20-plus yards, and I could hit those one shot, no problem. You know, pulled, <laughs> got, my, got my side picture, pulled the trigger, boom, clay was gone, no problem. So I'm going to battle with this one plate on this Texas Star, did a mag change, and I wasted four, at least 40 seconds standing there, which is half the time it takes to shoot the entire stage, right? Oh, my God. So I skip it, right? I move, I move on, go to the other two boxes that I had left I finished my targets off there I come back and fire another four or five rounds at this plate and still don't hit it so I just call it I'm like all right I'm done I'm whatever my time is I'm taking the penalty again right well well the plate as it turns out if I had just left it fired one round at it or two rounds at it and missed and left it it would have been 10 seconds 
So I, I, quadru- I more than quadrupled my time going to battle on this one target. So I felt like, you know what? Total rookie move, amateur move. I should have known better. My adre- Again, going back to adrenaline and tunnel vision, I, I, was, I refused to let that target stand, and I went to battle with it, which a professional would never do. So I thought. <laughs> now... <laughs> I felt Not so, so fast, my friend. <laughs> yeah, so I thought, well, you know, pros would just move on. Well, somebody sent me a video of Jerry. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Mitchell. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I forget what match it was, but he went to a battle at a 200-yard target um, with his rifle, and he dumped over 30 rounds on one target. He went wow. to battle with this target over 30 rounds. And as you know, Jerry – probably doesn't even need a scope to hit something at 200 yards. Right. But he could not hit this target to save his life. As it turns out, something was malfunctioning with his scope or his mount or something like that. But he went to battle on a target that took over 30 rounds, and it was also a 10-second a target. All he needed to do was just skip it after five rounds. Take the 10 and go. That's right. And uh, so I learned that pros aren't perfect either. You know, even a guy like Jerry who – who spent all those rounds trying to hit that one plate when he knew in the back of his mind that was only a 10-second target, and he probably yeah. wasted a good 20 seconds on it. It's like that movie. Did you ever see Tin Cup? With I, yes. Kevin That's Costner? Exactly what it is, the Tin Cup moment. I think, I think at that point it, it comes down to the shooter and the target, and now it's become personal. And they're like, you know what, I'm going to make this shot. I don't care what it costs me. You know, it, it, may, it may cost me the PGA Tour. But I'm gonna make this shot. That is exactly right. And what <laughs> and what really sucks is when you put your mind to that, you've dedicated yourself to that, you've had that ten cup moment, and you still leave the target standing and you never hit it. Right. It's That's, just like it's like being unsatisfied. Yeah. yeah, it's like taking those twelve shots like you did into the water and still never draining the putt. Yeah. It's just it's just insult to injury at that point. Yeah. Well that's a good that's a good fact to fight the myth. And it played in very nicely with our topic. Good job, Chad. Hey, that's what I'm here for. You think you've been on this show before or something. I, I don't get that's, it. That's why you guys pay me the big bucks. That's right. <laughs> SDI's 32 semester credit hour certificate program in gunsmithing and 60 credit hour associate of science and firearms technology degree program can work hand in hand and are the most complete training programs of their kind. SDI strives to give you the best quantity and quality of professional gunsmithing information and tools. These programs are perfect for students interested in careers in the firearms industry or for those who are interested in owning their own gunsmithing business. Our programs are delivered by distance learning, which allows our students to maintain full-time jobs, families, military service, and more while working towards their degree or certificate. The Sonoran Desert Institute mission is adding value to our students' lives by providing innovative, relevant, and applicable workplace-driven education through distance-delivered instructions. Visit them at sdi.edu. So the question that I was going to ask you, um, and i got to remember what the hell it was now. Um, I tend to ramble. I'm sorry. No, that's perfect. That's what we do on the show. You know, that's, it's talking lead, a.k.a. rambling lead. Um, <laughs> at what point... Do either you declare yourself or they make you move from amateur status to pro status? Well, in most matches, you can you can sign up for either or. Like this Rock Castle match, 
um, is a pro am match. So if there's the option, you can you can shoot in the amateur on the amateur side. At Rocky Mountain Three Gun, there is no pro or amateur. You just show up and shoot, and uh, so you're shooting against pros in your um, division. Right. So it's not like, and I'll use golf again as a as an example. You know, you have to earn your PGA card to go pro right. status. No, so it's there, not. There's nothing like that. Well, I think there is when it comes to well, maybe not, but uh, I could be wrong on this. But I know that you do have to do. Um, you have to take qualifiers for the three gun nation. Like there's different qualifiers for different things. So yeah, you can rank. Um, same thing in USPSA. You can you can take a qualifier and you move up the ranks. Now I don't know if that technically has anything to do with being able to enter, like say three gun nation shoot off or something like that. I mean, I'm pretty sure in that scenario you have to shoot your way to earn that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if there's any like card or prerequisite uh, like that to, to even get involved in the, sh- you know, to work your way to the shoot off. I, I don't know. I'm not that level yet, so I don't know. <laughs> okay. But, uh, I was just yeah. curious about how that, cause, cause like Jerry, like you said, if, if Jerry went to the, uh, rock castle shoot and he went <laughs> amateur status, I'm sure there's a lot of amateurs that'd be saying, this is bullshit. Man, no way. There's no way Jerry needs to be down here shooting. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Rock House. No, and he wouldn't do that. I mean, I'm just. I'm just no, shooting. that's called sandbagging, and he would never do that. Yeah. But the cool thing is, is that the way Rock Castle sets up that match is the amateur uh, prizes, they're not given uh, based on what place you get in the match. Uh, they're random. It's like a random drawing. So if I were an amateur in. I shot in that match as an amateur and Jerry shot as an amateur and ended up on my squad. I get to shoot with Jerry for two days. That's awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, imagine what your squad would learn just from watching him. I mean, that's like a free class. Well, not free class, but it costs the price of entering the match. We'd be able to shoot with Jerry sure. for a couple of days. So yeah. I would welcome that. <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing uh, too. Uh, that's another myth is that these pros that shoot these competitions aren't willing to share their their knowledge with amateurs or up-and-coming guys. It's that, quite the opposite of that, isn't it? Absolutely. In fact, um, at the – what year was that? It was two years ago at um, Task Force Dagger. Uh, there was a girl on a squad whose rifle went down. So another competitor, a direct competitor, let her use his rifle uh, for the rest of the match. Uh, which was a big deal because I think her rifle went down on like the first or second stage. And, you know, out of nine stages and three days of shooting, you know, he shared his rifle with her. Well, at the end of the match, he gave it to her. Oh, wow. wow. We're talking probably a $3,000 rifle with a 2000 to $3,000 scope on it. He just gave it to her. And that's and that right there is the epitome of the shooting sports in general, but especially three-gun. If you need something out there, these pros and even other amateurs, they're going to help you out. You know, if you need ammo, you run out of ammo. Like, I let a guy um, uh, at this uh, last match in Rocky Mountain, I let him use my backbone, which is uh, made by carbon arms that hold shot shells. They're very expensive. And uh, I didn't know this guy from Adam. He just, you know, came up on the squad behind me at the shotgun stage. He realized he didn't have enough um, real estate to put his ammo. And I was like, bro, just use my use my backbone and catch up with me on the next stage. Cool. So I let him use my backbone. Sure enough, he shot the – he shot the stage, did really well apparently because he was in the shoot off, and then uh, and then caught up with me on the next stage. Giving my backbone back, no questions, you know. So yeah, that's that's how it goes in three gun. It's it's a really 
um, awesome community and everybody's there to help each other out. Yeah. I know I had a really good time last year when I was up at, at Rock Castle and I'm really looking forward to going again this weekend and just, I'm going to have a little better understanding of what's going on this time. I was clueless you know, when I was up there <laughs> last yeah. year. You'll enjoy it. The more you learn about it, the more, the more you'll enjoy it too. And that goes yeah. the same. That's the same for competitors in, uh, in that sport. Um, the more you know, and the more you can watch on YouTube. Um, this friend of mine, a, a guy that I met who's since become a really good friend of mine, Jansen Jones, um, he works for Freedom Munitions. Um, he used to be on the Noveski shooting team. He sort of got me started. And uh, the best advice he gave me was to just keep going on YouTube and keep watching matches, watch the pros, watch everything they do, you know, everything from their stage breakdown to the equipment that they're using to the way they load their guns all that stuff. And, uh, and it was a huge help. So if you're, you know, for people out there that are wanting to get into competitive shooting, go, just go watch the pros on YouTube. It's free. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, it's free a great, it's a great tool to go and get you familiarized with, uh, the, the whole sport in general and see if it's something that you want to take to the next level. Now I'm still, I'm still chicken shit. Um, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't done a three gun yet. I want to, I'm using my eye as my excuse. Um, I keep planning on, I've got a cataract in my left eye. Are you left eye dominant? I'm right eye dominant. So it's just like, I mean, it's perfect. Actually, it would, it would work as an advantage to me. I I would think, I would think, but uh, uh, I'm using it as an excuse not to, (laughs) not to do competitions yet. But well, here's another message because I'm scared, you know, it's fear. It's fear of the unknown. Yeah. Well, I, I would love to be there for your first match, if you don't mind. I'd love to squad up with you, and I'll help you out as much as, as possible. I'm one of those guys that's really good at coaching, but not very good at actually doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to what I say. Don't do what I don't do what I do. Right? Yeah. Like do I can break I say, down, not what I do. <laughs> I can break down a stage for somebody else like nobody's business, and I can, you know, I can help you with equipment and all that stuff. Um, but you know, if you dedicate yourself to it, man, you can get good at it really quick, especially if you have people to help you out. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping to get some good um, advice and motivation when I go up there this week. Uh, Not that I'm going to be competing against my own guy I'm sponsoring, because I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, here's another another quick uh, point I wanted to make about competitive shooting versus we were just talking about a little while ago, the defensive stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of people that refuse to shoot competition because they're afraid they're going to get bad habits. And uh, that can be true, but it's not necessarily completely true because so any, it's not necessarily true uh, in every case. I mean, every time you get in trigger time, you're drawing your gun, acquiring your sights, you know, putting a minimum of two rounds on target accurately and quickly. I mean, that, that is really good for sight picture, sight alignment and getting yourself acclimated to drawing that gun, getting on target and popping rounds real quick. And in a defensive scenario, that's exactly what you wanted to do. And now there is the, uh, you know, there is the, the fight or not fight scenario. Mm-hmm. So we also have that in competition. We've got no shoots out there. There's always no shoots. Well, not always, but there's a lot of no shoots in these matches. So when you draw your gun, you have to be very careful at what you're shooting at. So you're not just spraying and praying rounds. Oh, okay. I didn't realize they did that. Yeah, and a lot of times we use barricades. There's um, These matches can be really tough, and some of them are very tactical. Yes. Um, but in general, yes. Uh, now, is it is it there a specific tactical division? Well, tactical no. Shooting? Usually it's an entire match. Like 
uh, if it's a some matches are called tack three guns, and those are matches where um, you want to get my terminology. Mick. It's it's called a match. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's different divisions, and in, in uh, one of the divisions is called um, tack scope or tack ops, um, which doesn't necessarily have anything to do with it being tactical. That's just what you know what they called it uh, back in the day, and it's just carried Stunned. through. Yeah. yeah, and I think Three Gun Nation has since changed. I don't, I don't know what the new vernacular is, but uh, it, it's a little different. But, but my point is, you know, you, you still sort of have to separate your training, your defensive training, from your competitive shooting. Because in the competitive sports, you're probably going to be using, you know, once you get into it a little further, you're going to be using the tricked out guns, um, you know. And and like I said, you're basically racing for time. But within that, you're getting good trigger time. You're getting the fundamentals down quickly, mm-hmm. um, which is all good. So you can actually take your three gun training into as far as your trigger control, side alignment, side picture and speed and all that stuff. You can take that into your tactical training world. And then from there use tactics like, uh, you know, conceal and cover um, shooting with, you know, uh, partners or, you know, having to cover somebody or something like that or shooting out of vehicles, all that stuff comes into play. So in, and vice versa, you can't just you can't discredit one and you know yeah. go all in on the other. I, I highly recommend guys that that love to shoot tactically get into some short sort of shooting sport and get yourself under that pressure of comp- competing with other people. Anytime you're out shooting live rounds, it's going to be beneficial to you. It's better than not. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So hey, there's another great Sonoran Desert Institute fact to fight the myth. There you go. <laughs> When's your next three gun competition coming up? Uh, the next one, I'm not sure because I got to go out to Wyoming next week. Uh, I just now got an email that there's a three gun match here locally that I'm going to be missing, and I hate missing this match. But uh, the next major one, I'm not sure. Um, I would love to be at Rock Castle, but unfortunately, I can't make it this year. But we are sending a couple of guys from Caltech up there to come hang out with you and shoot the match and have a good time. Right. So. So I'm planning on, instead of recording the show like I did last year from up there, I'm actually going to do some video. So I'm going to get some YouTube uh, footage. Oh, so great. I plan on hooking up with Hammer and Danny and, and getting them on on camera. Yeah, absolutely, man. You guys will have a good time. That That's the one thing about that match is, um, I mean, there's camaraderie at all of them. But when you're at when you're at the Rock and you're at the – the hotel there, you know, the facility there and everything. I mean, everyone's gathered. It's concentrated into one place. Yeah. So you really get some good camaraderie at that match. And I think that's the, that's the biggest draw about that particular match. Yeah. Well, this the match is fun. The stages are awesome. They always do a good job with that. This but, thing's uh, so big. I mean, people yeah. are having to stay. They don't have enough rooms there. Yeah. Yes. There's, there's 600 competitors in that match. Uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they it's started. Awesome. I mean, it's they great for the amateurs. They get to rub elbows with pros and, mm-hmm. you know, and, the, uh, and then the pros all get to, I mean, they all pretty much congregate there. So they all get to catch up with each other. And it's just a good time, man. A lot of food, a lot of music, a lot of the, talking lead. Yeah. The good thing about it, too, is, is you know, you see a lot of disabled people uh, in wheelchairs. and what, there's, They have a disabled division, right? Or am I, uh, I don't know wrong if it's necessarily a division, but a lot of those guys are shooting in the military or law enforcement side. Let me see. Who's this one guy that's that came? He's with Smith and Wesson now. Oh, he's awesome. That guy can shoot, man. Uh, Trevor Bauckham. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Trevor Bauckham with Smith and Wesson. 
Yep, he's awesome. What a great guy. What an awesome attitude. I'm looking forward to meeting him. Uh, yeah. Julie with, with Troy is going to introduce me to him. Oh, nice. So hopefully I'll get some good footage of him too. But, There's a lot of guys. Um, a lot of our uh, ex-military guys that got injured overseas, uh, you know, they've come home and they've actually embraced uh, the shooting sports, in particular three-gun, you know, as a way to, to cope with stuff sometimes, you know. Yeah, it's a good release for them. Yeah, there's um, there's a guy um, that we just shot with over the weekend. He's got uh, – I don't know if he wants me to name his name, so I won't. But uh, he's got one leg and one eye. And he shoots – I mean, he crushed that match. I mean, completely annihilated it. But, uh, yeah, James uh, James is a, a, one of our war vets um, and an absolute badass. And uh, he, um, he shot <laughs> – just for as an example, he shot this pistol stage. The fastest guy on our squad shot it in like 121. That was his his final time on that stage, and he shot it clean. James went through and uh, shot that stage in 79. Wow! With one eye and one leg. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Good for he's, him. He's man. amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, you know, so for you know, when I hear myself whining. <laughs> Or other guys whining that they didn't have a good stage. It's just like, you know what? You, yeah. you got to think about these guys, man, that have adapted and overcome huge op- obstacles, and they're just killing it out there. So, yeah, I mean, these guys are they're heroes, man. They're literally living heroes. So you don't know when your next three-gun is, but it's coming up sooner than later, hopefully. obviously. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> now, are you going to the IV-888 shoot? Yeah, we're planning on it. Um, okay. Are you there? I was going to ask you that earlier. Hells yeah. Okay, cool. And okay. the uh, the bullpup shoot, I don't have any information on that yet, but I, um, I guess uh, we'll be doing that too with uh, with John Percival, Sergeant P. Okay. So yeah. um, don't know where it is this year. Don't know yet, but when I find out, yeah, let me know. That would be awesome. This year, I think is going to be the biggest and best one so far because I'm going to try to drag all of our sponsors into it and make it a much bigger and better event than, uh, than last time. Is that, uh, are y'all like one of the main sponsors of that? I can only imagine you would be. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I'm going to help them out with trying to get, uh, you know, more people, more companies involved so that the people that come out there will walk away with some pretty awesome stuff. Yeah. All right. So now it's time for our trivia. And if you guys remember last week we had, uh, my buddy Mike Centola on with all-star tactical, you know, Mike, Oh yeah. Yeah, Centola. <laughs> Mike's Mike Mike's the man. I love that guy. Yeah, he's a great he's dude. Awesome. I just did his show not too long, not maybe a couple weeks ago. Crash and Burn? Yes, sir. So this trivia question is related to a Crash and Burn YouTube video that Mike did and he was doing uh, trick loading your shotgun is the name of the video. Uh-huh. <laughs> so in the video so, so the way it started was there was a, another guy that actually he like threw a shell up and he loaded his shotgun with it, you know, without touching it. He just threw it up, you know, like Tiger Woods yeah. will do with his trick. Yeah. He, he threw it up in the air. It landed in the port. He pulled the pump it, forward and fired it. Yeah. Did just like that. Yeah. And it was seamless. So Centola's like, you know, I can do that. You know, no problem. So he does this video and <laughs> he was, throw it? <laughs> he, he was serious when he first started doing this video. Cause he's like, you know, this can't be that hard. Right. So in, in, in doing it, he found out that it was actually really hard, almost impossible. 
Mm-hmm. And the only ones they should now, there's probably more attempts than what they did on video, but it took mm-hmm. him. The question is how many times did Mike attempt to trick load his Mossberg on video on the video? Yeah. In the, in yeah. this video, it's called trick loading your shotgun. Uh, and the answer was nine and we would have accepted 10 because at the very end, he throws the Mossberg down and he throws the shell at it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll count that as 10 because some people were counting 10. And our winner this week is Eric Meyer. Eric, uh, congratulations. You win the All-Star Tactical package of stickers, the snake oil lube, the T-shirt, and the one of cool. our sponsors oh all-star is heck yeah snake oil prime baby snake oil prime and a cool muzzle brake one of their cool muzzle brakes yeah now, oh man that's a killer gift package it is it that is. muzzle brake works great well everything everything he makes is pretty sweet so you, that's that's a really good prize package right there just for that alone yeah so eric uh shoot me your contact info and we'll make sure that uh, we get you in touch with Mike. So this week, Chad has a really tough one for you guys. Yeah. And it is related to, and this is what we were alluding to earlier, Keltec, even though they just came out with it, and I haven't got mine yet, but <laughs> <laughs> the, the Gen 2 uh, Sub-2000s, uh, they've come out with some interesting calibers. Chad, tell us about this, this video okay. there. So a, a few months ago, I went out to California to film a commercial for the RDB, the KSG, and the P3AT. And while we were out there, um, I did an announcement video on the Gen 2 Sub 2000. In that video, I explained, <laughs> I, I explained what calibers the gun's going to come, come in. If you can name those two calibers besides 9mm and 40 cal, then you will win a prize pack from Keltec that will include a hat, t-shirt, safety glasses, and a whole bunch of other swag bag in the bag. So Sweet. You tell me what those two calibers are, and you win. There you go. And to, to see that video, you need to go to Keltec's YouTube channel. Yes. So as always, the the other parts of this are not only do you have to get the right answer, but you have to subscribe to Keltec's YouTube channel. You have to like the video, uh, and then you also have to go to their Facebook page and you have to like their Facebook page. Yes, please. So and thank show, you in advance for your support. There you go. There you go. I, probably most of our guys, I'm sure everybody that listens to Talking Lead has already subscribed to to your channel and everything. So. Awesome. That won't be any problem for those guys. So just get the right answer. And, um, man, that's going to be a sweet prize package too, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's going to be some really cool stuff in there. I have some stuff in there from our sponsors as well. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So is there anything else that we need to cover? Anything new Keltex got coming down the road you can talk about? or the, the CMR30s are starting to ship more. I know everybody out there has been looking for them. Okay. These sub two thousands, we are crank, the Gen twos. We're cranking those things out. So be on the lookout for those. I know people have been looking uh, for that as well. We've also got some new variants of the sub two thousand coming up, which I think are going to make. I can't announce it. I don't think just yet. Ooh. Um, 
But yeah, got, got some new variants that are popular and we're real close to getting those into production and getting those out the door too. So just be looking out for that. When you say variant, is that like a color variant that we're talking about? Well, colors and also, um, maybe uh, compatible pistols. <laughs> oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, so you know, we've got the Glock variant and the SIG variants and all that stuff. So, um, we are going to be introducing a couple of new pistol variants here. Okay. Awesome. And also the RDB, uh, the rifle downward ejecting bullpup that you guys have been wanting, uh, that is going to ship as the a five, five, six, right? Yeah. Uh, like I said, at the beginning of the show, we are extremely close as in like within a week, uh, to, to starting to ship those. So that's good news. Real happy about that too. Very sweet. Yep. So good stuff coming from Keltec as always, uh, you guys, I've, I've said it before and, and it's true. You're, you're one of the, the most innovative firearms companies that are in our industry right now. And I really appreciate everything that you do because you always push these other companies to think outside the box and it just makes not only firearms, but the whole industry better. And the way that you guys do it, uh, the way that you approach people, uh, you're welcoming, you're absolutely, you're kind, you're considerate. Uh, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better group of people and that's, that goes company wide. I've not met anybody at Caltech that, that wasn't the role model. I mean, they're just like you. I mean, I don't know how they do it, but <laughs> I guess they, they use you as your, their poster boy when they're hiring people. It's like, all right, you got to act like him and be like him. No, you can't work for us. <laughs> it's just something in the water down here. We're down in Florida. We're laid back, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it, it does. It reflects back to the owner. You know, That's, you know how they say that in customer service, if you get a bad cut, then it's reflective of the people above them. Sure. You know? Yeah. George. So the, George the success. Awesome. He's just yeah. an awesome human being. Absolutely. And someday maybe I will get to meet him. Yeah. You, you need to come down here and, and uh, I know, do, do I another know. tour. We'll get the cameras out and we'll I'll introduce you to everybody. It's my own fault. But yeah, I def- <laughs> definitely want to come down there. We're busy, man. I, I get it. And by the way, we, uh, you know, we love talking lead around here. We appreciate everything that you guys have done for us. And so. uh, same here, same here. It's two way street, brother. Right on. All right, guys. So it's uh, time to wrap up the show again. I hate it. This has been a fun show. I always have a great time with Chad. Chad, appreciate you being on, buddy. Thank you. We didn't even have any beers or whiskey. I know that that was the only thing that was missing from this one. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody where they can get in touch with with Keltec. Absolutely. You can get us on uh, all the social media. Keltec is spelled K-E-L-T-E-C if you want to Google it. And uh, you can find us on the YouTube. You can find us on the Facebook. You can find us on the Twitter and the Instagrams and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, be sure you go on there and and like our videos and, you know, say hi. Let us know if you got any uh, questions, concerns, anything like that. We're more than happy to, to help you out. Um, I do a lot of answering emails on Facebook. So if you go to our Facebook page, um, you know, and you got questions, uh, I'm usually on there at least once a week. So hop on and ask me some questions. But just real quick, if I can, I'd just like to thank a few sponsors um, of my my team. And these are all people that are friends of ours and probably several of them are friends of Talking Lead. So uh, first, I want to thank Vortex Optics. Um, awesome company. Go check out them at vortexoptics.com. And all these all these companies have a website you can go to and show your support there. Uh, go check out Warren Scope Mounts. 
uh, Tandem Cross, Terran Tactical Innovations, Carbon Arms, uh, definitely Freedom Munitions. If you're looking for some ammo that uh, you want drop shipped right to your door, these guys will take care of you. Um, awesome ammo, excellent prices, and they're always sh uh, showing some sort of a discount uh, code up on their site, so take advantage of that. I can attest to that. I, I bought some 300 Blackout from them not too long ago. Got a great deal on it. Yeah, very accurate ammo, too. I mean, this stuff is it's awesome. It's the only ammo I use to compete with. Oh, man, this, this was Reload that I was using, and I was putting holes in holes. Oh, yeah, with all day 300, 300 Blackout. Yeah, and all their ammo is like that, too. Check out ShootSteel.com. These guys make great targets. Um, they're a small company, family-owned, um, American-made, whole nine yards. ShootSteel.com is awesome. Uh, again, we mentioned Mike Santola and All-Star Tactical. Go uh, go get some snake oil, prime oil. This stuff's awesome. And uh, Hi-Viz Sites, um, they sponsor my team. They take really good care of us. Excellent company. Those are the guys that I'm about to go out and see out in Wyoming for this law enforcement training. And uh, they're eventually going to take me on, a, on an awesome elk hunt. So cool. I got to thank Hi-Viz and give them some props. And then, of course, uh, last but not least, um, Rubber City Armory. Uh, those guys do um, a coatings for all of our barrels and a lot of the internal parts for our rifles. Um, they also do coatings for other companies like Smith & Wesson. You see them, Smith & Wesson sliding barrel, they put that coating on there. So if uh, you need something done like that, um, you're an up-and-coming firearms manufacturer, consider uh, Rubber City, man. Those guys are they are really, really good at what they do. Really fast turnaround and amazing prices. So check rubber, them out. rubber City? Rubber City Armory, yep. Okay. I've actually heard of them. Yeah. yeah they. The, you'll see them up at Rock Castle. Chris Serino and the gang, those those guys will all be there. And, uh, yeah, stop oh. and to them. They're awesome. Serino's going to be up there? They will try to get you drunk. <laughs> <laughs> they won't have to twist too hard. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a great company. Really great guys. So I, I, I try to give them some love, too, anytime I can. So, Very and, of course, my favorite sponsor, Talking Lead. Bam! <laughs> Go to all the social media sites. We're talking lead, lights, shooting a lot of three-gun videos here uh, soon. Like I said in the beginning of the show, we got some nice new cameras. There's going to be a lot of antics. It's going to be really funny. And um, so you can find that at, at our Caltech pages. And, uh, you know, as always, go up on Talking Lead. You can, you'll, see, uh, you'll see links to our videos and stuff there, I hope. And a big thanks to our sponsors at ICE Training, icetraining.us. ICE stands for Integrity, Consistency, and Efficiency, the hallmarks of the programs, courses, and services provided by the company. ICE Training is a full-service company offering training to armed professionals and those interested in self-defense. ICE is owned and operated by Rob Pincus, the developer of the Combat Focus Shooting Program and the Professional Defense Video DVD series. ICE offers training in firearms, tactics, and unarmed defense as well as consulting services for range operations, instructor development, and training program management. ICETraining.us And as always, Leadheads, keep your loved ones close. And keep your Caltech weapons closer. Your bullpups, baby. You know it. <laughs> Chad. Thank you, brother, and thank you guys uh, for listening. I hope you had a good time. Leadheads rule. <laughs> <laughs>